Science and Wisdom Live is a project of Jamyang London Buddhist Center, a non-profit organization. Please consider supporting us with a donation to help us keep our podcasts and videos free and ad-free. To support us now, please visit our website at scienceandwisdomlive.com. episode is an excerpt of one of our Science and Wisdom Dialogues. To listen to the full recording, please follow the link in the podcast description. I flung myself into the science of ecology because that's what I felt drawn to. But that wasn't enough. There wasn't an answer there. There were just loads of facts, but no, no answers um, to these deeper questions of why, 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 why is our culture so destructive of nature? Why, why, why? What is it about Western culture? Why do I feel so embarrassed and ashamed to be a Westerner? one of those people who's destroying the planet. So um, so then that took me on a deeper quest, of course, and I, I had to ask questions about human nature, about psychology, about spirituality. Um, and it eventually it led me to Schumacher College, this sort of this questioning. Um, and there I discovered some really interesting answers, which I've been helping to elaborate on and to work on and write about. And I discovered the importance of actually putting together a scientific understanding with a psychological understanding, an understanding of the psyche, not just the psyche of humanity, but the psyche of nature. Um, that they, part of the answer, part of the healing can come when we put the science together uh, with our understanding of psyche, not just within humanity, but within nature as a whole. That's the sort of conclusion I've come to. You know, this, this is what we can do, and this is what my work is about that's what I'm trying to do with my work. One of the things that you wrote is that um, we've seen in the scientific worldview that we see the world as um, a dead machine <laughs> that we exploit for our own benefit. Mm. Um, and I want to ask you, like, first of all, is that is there really a, a clear break when the scientific worldview comes up 400 years ago? Like, did do you think we as a species had a more holistic connected sense of the earth or or were we always exploiters and, and science has just you know made us more efficient at exploitation well no basically we weren't exploiters i mean yeah. we have an exploitative aspect to our nature of course we do yeah. uh, we have to have it to survive you know that's the role of the ego you've got to have it to survive otherwise there'd be no there'd be no life at all uh, but but that didn't dominate in in the pre-scientific times what dominated was this this very poetic understanding i mean you just lived and breathed the poetic understanding of nature. It was a revolution, as Rupert Sheldrake points out. Uh, it's a revolution because what was overturned was that poetic worldview. That's what that's that's what we, the revolution was against. It was again it, it rejected that hundred percent. It said the universe is not poetic at all. It's just a machine. I mean, it's a great cosmic machine created by a by God, a, a man, of course, a mathematician. Um, but it's a machine. Get used to it, everybody. And what's more, we, we can, once we get rid of the poetry, we don't have any obstacles to exploiting this machine for our own benefit. The poetry gives you scruples because trees are sacred, rocks are sacred, streams are sacred, mountains are sacred. Now nothing is sacred. Only the human being is sacred. And, and of course, God is still there. So that's the sacred. You mentioned Schumacher College, where you're one of the co-founders. Um, can you talk about why? you founded this college and, and your involvement in it. Did you need a, a completely different type of environment to think and teach in this way? We couldn't do this in the mainstream. Um, the mainstream 
does not like this kind of... Well, slowly it's changing, but I don't think there's much contact even now between the sciences and you could say the humanities, to put it like that. I just happened to come along at the right time. I mean, I wasn't... I'm one of the founders, but the idea wasn't mine. The idea was mostly from my wonderful friend and colleague and Satish Kumar, you know, who a great Indi Indian sage, I would say, and marvellous. He had this idea of doing it at Dartington where Rabindranath Tagore, the great Indian sage, you know, before Satish, had had, had um, deep connections with this place in England called Dartington. Mm. So it seemed like the natural place to, to do this. I think because it's very, very clear that when you're here, you're looking for yourself, you could say, your ecological mm. self. That's what you're cultivating. You're cultivating a sense of self that includes uh, the whole of nature and all other human beings as part of your your extended self i mean Arnie Ness would call it an ecological self <laughs> in other words you're 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 trying to you're trying to become semi permeable to the world to let the world in and let yourself out into the world to to develop a relationship between the two two souls your soul and the soul of the world you have to be in nature in community so you're all to, we're all together in nature. We had a beautiful old medieval building to work in, the old Poston, and surrounded by woods and fields on the Dartington Hall estate. So we had that beautiful old English building, and we had the nature. And then we just basically organized it like the first courses on Gaia with James Lovelock. And we, we did that like an ashram. So you get up in the morning, you have maybe go to meditation if you want mm. for half an hour, maybe led by Satish or somebody else, you know. Then you have breakfast and you help to clear up the breakfast and then you go to a teaching session for until lunchtime. Um, and the, the theme of the teaching is this whole business of connecting ourselves back into nature, the, our soul with the soul of nature. That's everything we do is about that. But from an economics point of view, from a scientific point of view, with tremendous rigor, I mean, you could, you could be at Oxford or Cambridge. It's that sort of level. You know, it's very, very, very deep and very, very good. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what this means, the idea of a soul of the earth, anima mundi? Because um, you've said you have a, there's a rigorous approach to this. So how does that idea express itself through, you know, rigorous scientific um, approach? It doesn't express itself. <laughs> no. Well, you could say that it does, but it's in a very numerical form, you know. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But you can still, it's possible still to see the sacred in, in the numbers. Um, but no, um, the other side of it is more intuitive mm. and much more difficult to verify, you know, and um, it's much more personal. It's deeply personal and very difficult to verify. The only verification is your own experience and to know whether it's how genuine it is or not. The age of the earth, the evolution history of the earth, all the different species we've had on the planet, How the very fact that there's evolution, that there's a... Uh, evolution of species you know from simple forms like bacteria all the way through to us and other multicellular organisms and mm. all the the story of endosymbiosis all of that i mean it's remarkable really it's quite remarkable and so um we get all that from science and we can link that with our spirituality you know we, we're talking a bit about the drawbacks of science but i mean what would the world be like if we hadn't had a scientific revolution 400 years ago i mean would it really be a better place or <laughs> well, i don't know I mean, we probably needed it i think yeah i think it was needed in some way but it just went too far in one in the yeah. wrong direction because we didn't have enough wisdom to balance it out you know with the yeah. heart and with the soul but we need it it was needed for some 
I mean, you, if you ask someone like James Lovelock, I suppose they, I don't know if he would say this, but he would say something like maybe uh, the guy needs us to control the climate when the sun gets really hot. And without satellites and without this, this technology, we won't be able to prolong her life, which she probably needs prolonging so she can reach her goal, whatever that is. I mean, her goal, we don't know, but there must be some sort of purpose in all of this. You know, that's another feeling you get, I think, as mm. part of the spirituality, that there is some purpose in it. You, the science needs to ex explore but you can't do that in a scientific way. You see, it's not science is not the right domain. You have to do it with your intuition. So the science needs to become a bit humbler, and the intuition side needs to take on more of the science and be inspired by it. What works for yourself? I mean, you're you're an expert in many of these areas. What works to keep you joyful and engaged? Um, uh, well, connection with nature is a very important. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, I've got a few what I call Gaia places where I go and um, I just spend time there, you know, with a tree, for example, <laughs> or with a stream. Um, I just spend time there and just, just uh, watch and look and just be very quiet and just learn and regard it as a temple, you know, as a temple. I'm now going to the forest, my forest, which is a temple. So you have that attitude. You really are going into a temple where you're going to learn wonderful things. Mm. Have that, try to have that attitude. You can't always. It's not always possible. Sometimes you can do it, you know. As if, I mean, I spent quite a bit of time in India where it's much easier to do that. If you go into the temp certain temples, you can really feel that. So I try to bring that into my place, my guy place, and I just spend time there. Mm. And I find, you know, I learned something. It's very hard to describe what it is. <laughs> but it's a sense of how alive nature is, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and how, how sentient and how intelligent the whole ecosystem is. <laughs>